Blog Talk Radio. BDPAI Radio, linking business, education, and technology. The BDPAI Radio Show creates a vibrant communications platform that speaks to all BDPA stakeholders. Hosted by Fran McNeil. Sponsored by the BDPA Education and Technology Foundation and the BTF Executive Director, Wayne Hicks. Produced by Michelle F. Ortman. Online chat coordinated by Everaldo Gallimore. Technical advice by John Melanson. BDPA iRadio broadcasts the second and fourth Tuesday of every month. Join us on www.blogtalkradio.com slash BDPA. Well, welcome everyone. I'm your host, Fran McNeil, and you are listening to BDPA iRadio. BDPA is always about showing the love, so tonight, February 14th, 2012, Valentine's Day, we have lots of love in the form of BDPA knowledge, energy, talent from across the nation. Our first guest is Keith Warwick, and he is with the BDPA LinkedIn Network Group Manager, um, and that's he represents the group that puts it all together and manages many, many, many LinkedIn groups for BDPA. And he is a member of BDPA Atlanta chapter. Our second guest tonight is Lorraine Stewart-David. She is the VP of Finance for the National BDPA Organization. And she's going to fill us in on how BDPA counts in and counts up and gets everything to really matter. And our third guest is John Melanson, and he is Chapter President of BDPA Los Angeles, and he was one of our brave first guests for the very first airing of BDPA iRadio. So sit back, relax, but don't get too relaxed because I'm also going to invite you to join us and chat and share your thoughts as our guest share their thoughts. We're going to break for a brief announcement about BDPA, and when we come back, we'll start the conversation with our first guest, Keith Warwick. BDPA is the premier organization for people of African-American descent in the information technology industry. BDPA exists to advance the careers of African-Americans in the IT industry from the classroom to the boardroom. You can find BDPA on group site, Twitter, and Facebook. Well, welcome back. Keith, how are you this evening? I'm doing well, Fran. Thank you. Glad to be here tonight. It is a pleasure to have you join us. And, you know, it's really fantastic that you've stepped up to the plate and taken the initiative to literally get BDPA connected and linked in online. And I wanted to just take a few moments before you shared your story to let our listening audience know a little bit about you. You're a social media expert and you bring a nationally recognized reputation on the LinkedIn network. And so I'm going to have you talk a little bit more about that. You've been a presenter at, on the local level as well as the national level by sharing tips and techniques for using social media to advance one's career. And you've also helped people use LinkedIn to help them promote their businesses. Now, you bring with you leadership experience within the BDPA family. You've served as a past officer for the BDPA Atlanta chapter, and you're now supporting the marketing efforts for a number of nonprofits in the greater Atlanta area. And you are going to share with us some secrets on how you helped the BDPA LinkedIn network achieve over 3,000 subscribers. So I'm really, really excited. I know there's been a lot of buzz online prior to the show um, because people were like, wow, Keith's going to be on the line. Um, how can he help us get the same kinds of results that he's gotten for others? So again, welcome, Keith. 
to BDPAI Radio. Thank you. Well, a question that I ask all of my guests is what attracted you to BDPA initially, way back when, and what keeps you actively involved? Because clearly, based on your bio, there are a lot of organizations that are vying for the expertise that you have to share. Well, um, I think I joined BDPA back in 2007, and what attracted me to the organization was the rich history, the tradition, and the great networking opportunities that I could see in the organization. Hmm, that that is a a great trio. I don't think I've heard it said quite that way. The history, the tradition, and the opportunities. Um, how did those? And I'm going to be a little bit uh, facetious here. How did those link up for you? How did those play out in terms of your personal interest and your professional interest? Why why BDPA? Given those three. Well, I guess because um, it was the it's the premier and the only organization for African Americans in IT, and I'm an IT African American professional, so I just thought it was just a natural um, combination for me to be a part of such a great organization. And as you join the organization, um, I mentioned earlier in your bio, you're a past president of the BDPA Atlanta chapter. How did you move from being a member into the leadership roles? Well, actually, no, I'm not a past president. I was a past director of public relations and marketing. I, at the time when I joined, um, the president at the time was Teresa Williams, and I just offered to assist in that regard, and next thing I know, I had become volunteered. <laughs> so I just kind of fell naturally into it because uh, one of my passions uh, is is to do that kind of that kind of work in nonprofits. Having had a uh, past experience in history when I worked for Lucent Technologies, when we had one of those employee resource groups, the one for African Americans, and I really enjoyed doing that. Um, for that, doing that role for that particular organization. Hmm. And I think Mel Haynes was um, part of Lucid at one time as well, correct? I'm sorry. Did you know Milt? Did you know Milt Haynes? Milt Haynes? Oh, yes, yeah, Milt Haynes, exactly, yes. Up in Chicago, yes. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. He sure was. We were there at the same time. Uh, we kind of overlapped. He was in Chicago, of course, and I was down here in Atlanta. Mm, excellent. So public relations was um, an expertise that you utilized in your corporate life, and you were able to bring that and share that within BDPA. And as you said, very quickly, um, that turned into a volunteer opportunity, and uh, you served in an officer role. Correct. Now, relations, um, you mentioned that you joined BDPA in the late 2000s. Public relations, along with many other marketing roles, has been influenced by technology. And how has social media impacted public relations? And given that, how have you been using social media to help you as you support marketing within organizations like BDPA? Well, I think social media has taken public relations to the next level. Um, And consequently, uh, it has done wonders for getting the, the word out and the recognition and the visibility of organizations Uh, particularly on LinkedIn, but on Facebook and Twitter as well, as well as YouTube and several other social media sites. Um, And the great thing about it is that it's free publicity. Since BDPA is nonprofit, traditional media channels usually come at a cost when you want to use it for PR unless you um, arrange something to be – 
done at a time when you won't have an audience. And with social media being a free avenue, it's available 24-7. And so in addition to being 24-7, social media allows you to really target your audience. You don't have to say something when no one's around. You could potentially say something when people are around or say something to attract people to listen when you're talking. Exactly. So so how does that connect to individuals that are, in a sense, trying to publicize themselves to advance their own career as opposed to an organization? How does one use social media to advance their career? Oh, very um, very simply, um, with LinkedIn, which is my, my main area of expertise, it's all about, and many people don't have this, 100% profile completeness. Just last Thursday, LinkedIn crossed the 150 million member mark, but still less than 2% of those people who are on LinkedIn have a 100% optimized profile. So that's a very small number. There are a lot of people out on LinkedIn, but very few actually know what they're doing on it and know how to use it to uh, optimize their their career and move their career forward. So 100% profile completeness um, is important, and that means you need to have a photo. Hey, people, it's social media, and that makes you a person. If you have a photo on your profile, there are a lot of fake and bogus profiles out there, and I'm, I am now increasingly, as I connect with others, somewhat suspicious if I haven't met the person and they want to connect and they don't have a photo on their profile. I'm a little reluctant to accept that invitation. Okay. Then the next thing is a headline that pops, a great summary where you're telling the reader, the person who's landed on your page, what your story is presumably designed for someone who doesn't already know you. So you want to make it engaging and interesting, and you want it to pique their interest in terms of perhaps reaching out to you um, for your expertise, for a business or a professional opportunity. And then you want to have experience, which is like the resume part, where you talk about your past employment roles, but you want to use that experience section to emphasize the value that you brought to all of those past employers. And finally, recommendations. Just like when you buy something on Amazon, you look to see, well, what other people have said about the product based on their experience, and that either helps you make a decision to buy that product or not. Well, recommendations have that same effect to someone who wants to reach out to you for a professional or business opportunity. They want to see what other people are saying about you through that third-party um, endorsement, which is a recommendation. You also want to promote your expertise by staying active. Don't just create your profile and then go and, and leave LinkedIn and, and never to come back until you change jobs. So you want to promote your expertise by staying active, and you do that by participating in the different groups like the BDPA LinkedIn group. Join in the discussions create discussion threads, add value to, to to the group. And then there's also the answers area in LinkedIn where you can promote your expertise based on the subject areas that you want to uh, get involved in, whether it be IT or anything else that you might be an expert in. And lastly, you want to connect with others and, and knowing that networking is a two-way street, and that means by helping others first, you build up goodwill that can have a positive boomerang effect later for you in your professional life. Wow. So I'm, I'm going to recap some of the things that I heard. Number one, LinkedIn is extremely effective. There are a lot of people on it. In fact, you said 150 million. Um, they've reached that mark that you've got to have well, let me say this. When you have a complete profile, it would include a photo, um, a, a headline that piques people's interest. Um, you would emphasize the value of your experience, not just listing your 
resume, you'd want to have a a series of recommendations that help people understand what you do for others, how you add value. And then in addition to the profile, because I think I heard you say you don't just want to be there, um, and you want to actively participate by joining groups, answering questions, and then if there are people within your network, you want to actually be supportive of them, you know, help them and receive help. Would would that be an accurate summary? Yes, very great, very great summary. Okay. So let's go back to the profile for a second. Why is it that only 2% of the people complete the profile? Is there too much stuff? Is it a lot of work? Um, is it confusing? Probably all of the above. And when LinkedIn first came on the scene, which will be nine years ago in May, mm-hmm. there wasn't anything that we could refer back to that would help us. Like, well, what do we do here? I remember when I first got out there, I didn't know what to do, and I just started looking around at other people's profiles and, and said, okay, well, if that looks pretty good to me, let me try this. And then I think probably beginning in 2006 and seven, people started writing books. And then in 2009, LinkedIn actually um, completed a very good online help documentation that steps you through everything. And many people don't realize that, and so they're like, oh, I don't know what to do, or they just do what someone else has done, or they think, and it's a misnomer to think that now in 2012 that LinkedIn is just a resume. It's not. It's a unique marketing and advertising platform that's promoting a product, and the product is you, your professional brand. Wow. Okay. Um, I see some people are chatting and saying, can you repeat that again? That was, people were like, oh, I didn't realize that. I just thought it was an online resume. So, Keith, could you repeat that one more time? It's, What's it's the value? Not, right. It's, it's not just about being a online resume. It has a unique um, marketing and it's a unique marketing and advertising platform that promotes a product, and the product is your professional brand. And too often, many people get caught up in thinking, oh, it's just my resume. And then when people talk about how LinkedIn is so great and how they're able to um, get results from it, and then you'll talk to some other, oh, I never got any, nobody ever contacted me for a position. I never heard anything. And that's because their profile isn't optimized. Like like I discussed earlier about the 100%, it's got to be 100% optimized before people that don't know you will start reaching out to you. Mm, okay. So in the remaining minute, what advice would you have for people that are now saying, oh, let me go back and start working on that. What should they do right away? Well, the most important thing uh, is that headline because provided you have the right keywords in your profile and the keywords would go in the section called the specialties, provided you have the right keywords in the specialties area, and specialties would be nouns and noun phrases, not a paragraph, not a sentence. Um, When someone does go out there to look for someone with your particular level of expertise and you come back in the search results, the only two things they're going to see before they see your profile is your name and your headline. And if your headline is just your job title, like I'm an accountant, I'm a a database administrator, I am a project manager, that's not going to really get their attention. Uh, A headline that grabs their attention is going to be a combination of your actual job title and a tagline, and people in marketing know that that's something that's catchy and really like, oh, gets gets your attention. So you've got to um, come up with something that really will pique someone's interest and curiosity 
by creating a headline that combines your job title with a tagline that, when put together, now is your um, popping headline that gets people's attention. Then once they click on your name, then they're going to see your whole profile, and that's where everything else kicks in to get them to reach out to you, that summary where you tell your story, and then the experience where you show the value that you added to the past employers that you work for. Okay, so I'm, the chat lines are heating up and folks are saying, now wait a minute, I want an example. So okay, please, I have an someone, yeah, give, give an example because people are like, oh, okay, so I want more. Okay, I'll take myself. And people, hopefully you can go out and pull my profile up. I'm, I'm very visible and very, 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 very optimized. My headline, I'm a business analyst. I'm an IT business analyst, so that means that I help companies change um, their business problems through a technology solution. So here's my headline, results-oriented, IT business analyst professional. Then comes a dash, and the dash indicates here comes my tagline, helping companies change their business process through a technology solution. That puts me head and shoulders above other IT business analysts in the Atlanta area when someone's doing a search for a BA in Atlanta. I invariably always come up in those search results, and I usually come up in the, in the top 10% because I have enough recommendations that ranks me at the top of the list. That's where recommendations are key. So if you don't have any or very little, you'll, be, you'll fall to the bottom of the list and you may not get viewed by whomever's doing that search. So you've got to have that headline that really gets someone's attention, that makes them want to click on your name and then read your whole profile. Okay. So, Keith, I am seeing several requests. One request, um, and we had Perry Carter on a few um, shows ago, one request is, have you written an article for BDPA Today and or some of the blogs where you break down um, the examples about the headline, what makes a good headline, um, what makes a good story, and those kinds of things? No, I haven't. Actually, in 2009 and 2010, I was a presenter uh, at the national conferences. And in those workshops that I uh, led, I talked about that, and I believe um, the, um, the the presentations were were available for conference attendees, and I'm not sure if they were placed anywhere um, that would be available to other BDPA members who did not go to the conference. But I can definitely consider that and think about that because no one has ever asked me to do anything like that. But that's something okay. that I definitely consider. I I would, based on the response, and I know that Wayne Hicks is in the wings with the BETF um, update, and Lorraine and John are um, additional guests on the show. Um, and and based on the response, I that there's interest in um, an article just on creating that headline. And if there were maybe four examples of positions that BDPA members might have, you know, database administrator, business analyst, project manager, you know, whatever. So, so four um, examples and you show how they can create an effective headline. Um, there was an interest in that. Um, the second um, area that there seems to be interest is um, how can you document your experience so that it emphasizes the value? And I know that we have a number of career coaches that support people in doing that, and how can people do that effectively on LinkedIn? And then the third um, question that seems to be coming up is how does someone go about getting recommendations that are effective? Um, and they, so it seems to me that there may be three potential articles 
um, and or YouTube videos, I'm not sure, that might be of interest to our listeners. So I, I wanted to thank you again for getting the discussion going, um, sharing with us your expertise, and I'd love to have you come back on the show uh, perhaps after you've written some of the articles or gotten some of the information out to share how people have used that information within the BDPA community. That sounds like a plan. That's a great idea. And all of the members that are are, um, stirring with these questions, take a look at my profile. Invitation is the highest form of flattery and lead, (laughs) lead by example. And it took me a while to get to where I got my profile. It didn't happen overnight. It took several iterations. And that's 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 the best advice I can give until I actually do an article. Take and go out there and then look at other people that have the same job title that you have. Do a search on that and see what you find. That's what I did. Okay. Okay. That would be my recommendation. So okay, so let me repeat um your name so that people can when they are in LinkedIn they can search on your name and it's Keith. Warwick, W-A-R-R-I-C-K. You're suggesting that they look at what you've done, that they search on job titles that are similar to what they have so that they can see what other people have done, and um, that once you finish your articles, and again, I'm not sure what the protocol is for getting the information out, but that they can get in touch with you um, because you have, as I shared in your bio, worked with not only BDPA um, and you've also worked with a number of nonprofit organizations and have tips to share um, to help people use LinkedIn to enhance their career. So thank you so much, Keith, for joining us and thanks for spending a little extra time with us tonight. Well, thank you. I've enjoyed being here. Thanks for having me. Oh, my pleasure. And again, by the chat, I see a lot of people have enjoyed you being a guest. So uh, thank you, Keith. We're going to transition right now, and I believe that Wayne is on the line. So Wayne is going to give us the BETF update for this evening. And let me just check. Oh, I see Wayne will be calling in a little bit later. So Lorraine is on the line, and Lorraine, welcome. How are you this evening? Welcome. I'm fine. How are you? Oh, just fine. Lorraine, um, I want to thank you again for joining us, and uh, before you get started, I'm just going to share your bio so folks know who you are. You are a member of the BDPA Detroit chapter, and I know when I talked to you before the show started, that you said that um, you are a skier, you're an avid skier, and that the weather in Michigan uh, is right now not too bad, Uh, not cold enough for snow, but not too bad. And what you've done since joining the Detroit chapter in 1992 is you have served in increasingly responsible leadership positions. And I always love to share that with our BDPA iRadio show audience because it really does demonstrate that BDPA is a series of opportunities. And you have a choice to be a member, and you have a choice to be an active member. And when you put your hand up, as Keith identified, even just to volunteer a little bit, um, there's opportunities to move right through the leadership ranks. So within the Detroit chapter, including the past few years, you have served as the chapter's chief financial officer. You were elected to serve um, for the next two years as the national BDPA VP of Finance. Now, currently you are holding a BS in accounting and an MBA in finance, and you are working with one of Michigan's top Fortune financial companies. And in addition to having that role, you're also a contractual controller with two of the local nursing facilities. So um, I know a number of people have asked me, well, gee, how does Lorraine balance 
all of those things. And um, one, I want to welcome you and, and thank you again for being on the show. And I want to just jump right in by having you share with us what attracted you to BDPA and I can see you're actively involved. Um, so my my question is, uh, do you ever say no? Uh, yes, <laughs> I have, but that that no always turned around to a yes, some kind of way. So uh, yes, I have. Um, I became a member of BDPA in 1992, and as you stated, I am a finance man um, major. So I've never really looked at, you know, getting involved with IT. Um, and one of the board members of the Detroit chapter invited me to a national conference in 1992, which was held uh, in Detroit. Um, and so at that time is when I looked around, I met people, I talked with sponsors, and I started getting excited you know, from Thursday to Friday to Saturday, you know, I'm getting excited meeting people, and um, I just had an interest ever since. So um, made a lot of friends along the way, business contacts, um, and, you know, BDPA is a great social, business, and professional development organization. Um, being a member of BDPA, it, you know, you, you do have growth there. Um, BDPA will force you to grow, force you to move ahead. And so that's one thing that I really liked um, as far as the organization. Wow. You know, and that's a, a wonderful perspective. I, I think a lot of times with professional associations, people say, well, it's only for people that share that specific expertise. And it's really powerful to hear that a board member reached out, saw your expertise, saw it as complementary to the organization, and by you experiencing the national conference, you got that energy and got drawn in and were actively uh, participating. So that's, mm -hmm. that's a great story. Um, so what what exactly do you do in bringing that financial expertise to the organization? And has that changed over the years as technology has changed? It has changed because, you know, with the technology um, that's out now, it's, it's really made my job easier. Um, so I have appreciated a lot of the newer stuff since back in the day. Um, on the local level, I pretty much have um, stepped in to be actively involved with budgets and helping the, um, you know, when the sponsors are sending us money, um, doing the reporting, um, and just helping get keeping the financial side together. Uh, we're always looking for money, looking for sponsors, looking for something. So, you know, we get there, look at it, put it together, and, I kind of put it to where it's supposed to go. So I've really worked um, really good with the um, local chapter of Detroit, um, dealing with their finances, and, you know, we just work it out. Um, the um, local is different than the national. Um, I've just been um, came on as VP of Finance for National in January. So um, it has it is a little different. Um, and being different is the finances. <laughs> you have more to deal with. Um, and it's, it's been good. It's been good thus far. It's been really good. Well, thank you again for stepping up to the national level. And I imagine as you continue in that role, there will be some learnings that may impact how some of the chapters manage their finances on a local level. I'm not sure that every chapter is as fortunate as Detroit to have someone with a strong financial background as part of their local um, leadership team. And mm -hmm. as you were talking, I, I actually wondered if, as chapter presidents are strategizing, on how to increase the membership, 
if that isn't part of a strategy to look at bringing in individuals that have an interest in technology and perhaps an expertise in finance or marketing um, or operations because those are complementary skills that an organization needs to be effective. Oh, yes, and, and many of our members are diverse and, and have, um, you know, uh, financial management, um, all types of skills, you know, um, and, and a lot of them I met. Um, and just conversation, uh, talking with them, you know, it's not all about the IT. They have the IT. They're a finance person. They know this. They know that. They know how to do the management, and, and some of them are, they know all the roles. You know, so I do. I sit back and I learn from from everyone. I've learned from a lot of people, um, and just sitting back and sharing ideas um, with the local chapter and with other chapters have um, made um, our local board strong as well as a lot of our members. So it's a good thing. It's a good thing just with talking with people and you know collaborating uh, different ideas. So we do that often. Good. Good, and I'm I'm hearing that just in the relaxed tone, the the friendliness that you know earlier you said BVPA, it really is a great combination of the social, the business, and the professional. And you just now used the word collaboration, and I'm wondering if there is there a document of sort of best practices, best financial practices that have come up from the local chapters that are shared with new chapter presidents or anything like that? It is. It is um, documentation from the different chapters, um, and it's also documentation on the national level. What we're trying to do now is come together with the presidents and make sure that we're all on the same page. Um, because things have changed. Different board members come online and um, they change different things. And you could sit there at a meeting and you could say things, but a lot of information is not documented, although it's good information. So that is something that um, our, our current administration is working on to um, improve um, our documentation. And with uh, technology, you know, you're putting it up on here and you're putting it in the document docs and you're doing different things so that our members can go back and retrieve um, different information. So right now we're trying to come up with a good, solid uh, working tool, a good manual for all of the board and all of the roles so that, you know, when we're changing over and when the two years are up, we can pretty much, you can just go ahead and, Keep keep it moving like that. Tweak it a little bit, but at least you'll have that solid information to kind of give you a good start. Oh, that's excellent. That's excellent. Yeah. And, that, and that probably makes it easier for people to step up into new roles because they know that there is, you know, a foundation. Yes. Mm -hmm. yes. So one of the things, Lorraine, that people often struggle with personally is their own finances. And I wondered, given your background and the fact that you're helping BDPA on a local level, on a national level, you're helping um, a top fortune uh, financial organization, you're helping two local nursing facilities, are there some tips that you might be able to share that BDPA members can implement um, in terms of their personal finances? Well, you know, um, I, I see a lot that, you know, people often think about saving money. I'm going to try to save this instead of really doing it seriously. And, I mean, I do that myself. But, um, you know, this recession period has pretty much, you know, compelled us, and, and, and we pretty much we try to save, but something comes up where you can't save. So, you know, one of the things is to um, set a feasible budget, um, you know, that, that, that is comfortable for you and your family um, to save. You know, sometimes we'll set a budget and, you know, it's way out there. We know we're not going to follow that. 
So that's one of the things that you try to do. And, you know, um, we often, I often say to keep, you know, keep a good finance management, you know, try to um, look at how you're spending money. You know, did I really need that yesterday or could I hit did this and did this? And a lot of people now are looking at um, their credit card bills, their phone, you know, looking at a lot of things, how the gas had went up. So you have to look at day-to-day, your day-to-day operations and, you know, don't go beyond your means and your your means and that's what's happening now. Uh mortgages went off the chain with a lot of people, so a lot of people are getting back comfortable with, you know, investing the way that they used to do, you know. Um um people have lost their jobs so they went on the downside and started going into their four oh one K and going into their investments and so now they're stepping back up. They're able to recruit and get back up there, and it's just a management thing um, to 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 set within yourself and pretty much stick with it. You know, pretty much try to stay on track. It's easier said than done. I know. <laughs> uh, well, and, and I appreciate that. You know, sort of the textbook answer and the acknowledgement that you know we have we have habits, and it's a matter of partially what I'm pulling out moderation yes mm-hmm. and looking at it day to day I mean being realistic yeah um, you're right you make those 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 corrections yeah mm. yeah yeah you know uh good you know financial planning you know and 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 people will say you know just in conversation you know will I don't have any finances to plan, you know, or how do I do that? So you have to look at different situations that's going on within your life, um, you know, your family, your family size, your children, you know, saving up for, um, as they say, that rainy day. Um, so, you know, it's it's easier saying it than, than done, but you just have to stay strong and just move forth with it, you know, and don't continuously dip into it, you know, and that that. That's a big issue. That is a big issue. And so I guess there's two thoughts that I had. I guess there are questions. One is annually for BDPA there's a national conference, and it's in August. And Uh do you have any recommendations for people to plan so that they can attend that and really fully participate, given that they might have to travel, um, you know, air, bus, train, stay in a hotel, and pay the conference mm-hmm. fees. So that would be that would be one question. Yes, um, the 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 advice that I have with that is to step on it now. Is to register now um, because of the early bird fees. Um, you can get the early bird costs, and it won't be as costly if you wait until May or if you wait until June. Um, another thing would be to try to get a sponsor, um, try to get your employer to try to assist you with some of the um, some of the costs because it is costly um, for everyone. Um, and that that's something that I recommend is just early planning if you plan on attending the conference. Um uh we we get that a lot and have been getting that a lot as far as um it's just costing too much and then I'm trying to get some of my chapter there and different things like that and so it's just really planning. It's 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 getting your registration, getting um getting everything done ahead and you know, we have it set up now that you can pay so much now and you can pay so much later, you know. So we've been trying to do um, set up a payment plan so that it will be comfortable for um, our attendees. Well, you know, Lorraine, I am so glad that you're on now and you're on Valentine's Day, which is <laughs> a day for showing love and people can yeah. plan on experiencing the BDPA love in August by starting today with the I love the idea of the payment plan. 
Um, yeah. Thinking about getting a sponsor, I know in the past I've seen sample letters that you can uh, send to your employer or share with your employer. And that whole idea of if you're in the impulsive mood, you can jump on the impulse right now and register. And if you're a reflective, analytical person, you can plan and register now anyway. So yes, you can. Yes, you can. Uh, register today. <laughs> right, right. Well, Lorraine, as we wrap up, what's a, what's a final thought that you'd like to leave our listeners um, given your financial perspective and your longstanding membership and support of BDPA? Well, you know, I just want to let our members know and sponsors and, you know, just establish relationships with your local chapter. Um, get out and meet some of the um, established relationship with the youth. Um, we do that a lot, you know, getting them engaged and getting the word out, um, understand what BDPA is all about, understand our mission. Um, and once you understand the mission, you'll be able to go out and talk about the mission and talk about BDPA. A lot of people don't know. They know, but they don't know exactly what we do, exactly what we're trying to accomplish. So we're trying to get that out there and um try to make sure that everybody is understanding that and want to come on board, want to see what we're all about, um, and just enjoy us, you know. Um, try to um, come in and work on a committee or just come to some of the meetings and talk with some of our speakers that's there. And um, most of the meetings we have sponsors there. So it's just really good to um, – we like to engage one um everyone to just engage um in relationships with um with your chapter and, and, and BDPA globally. That's fantastic. Well Lorraine, thank you again for joining us and sharing your thoughts, um, giving us a perspective on personal finance and also giving us a, a peek into um how BDPA manages and shares and sets the process around good financial management at the local level and also at the national level. So I look forward mm -hmm. to seeing you in Baltimore in August um, okay. at the National Conference. Thank you. Have a great okay, evening. Thank you. thank you so much, you too. You're welcome. And as we wrap up for the evening, I would like to introduce and reintroduce for those of you that have been listening to BDPA iRadio now for multiple shows, I'd like to reintroduce John Melanson. And John is the chapter president of BDPA Los Angeles. He's a portfolio manager at Raytheon Space and Airborne Systems. He received his BA in both psychology and business administration at UCLA. He's a two-term president of BDPA Los Angeles, serving from 2009 to 2012. And what's exciting about John's involvement in the LA chapter is that that chapter has grown both in terms of membership and impact in the community. Um, they've had dozens of students in the 2011 SITES program and his bio says that they plan on having even more in 2012. So I'd like to welcome John onto the show. John, thanks for being patient and being our last guest. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing well, Fran. Thanks for having me on the show. Happy Valentine's Day. Oh, happy Valentine's Day. Well, John, since Valentine's Day is all about love and it's all about relationships, um, just share for some of our new members what captured you in terms of BDPA. How did you first fall in love with BDPA? Sure. Well, those that know me, Fran, know that I'm an extreme tech enthusiast. And, and being such, BDPA was a great way for me to share my passion for technology with not only my peers but also our youth. And that's 
primarily what attracts me to BDPA and keeps me actively involved. I mean, BDPA is the only organization that I'm aware of where I can play a pivotal role in encouraging our youth and helping them realize the vision of our model from the classroom to the boardroom. Even in my own chapter, I'm proud to say that I've been part of the organization long enough to actually witness from the classroom to the young IT professional. I haven't been around long enough to see from the classroom to you know, students actually being on board yet, but I've definitely seen the progression of from the classroom to young IT professionals, and they would credit BDPA if you were to ask them. Well, John, expand on that, um, and maybe for privacy reasons you don't specifically name name, but names, but give us an example of that from the classroom to the young IT professional, and, and what would be some of the testimonials that those members might share? Sure, and I'll do you one better. I actually have, you know, a young man who I touch base with. A lot of us keep keep in touch via Facebook these days, but uh, one young man who's agreed to be a guest on the BDPAI radio show in a future episode is Jarek Beeson. He's, he actually participated in our high school computer competition program in 2000, between 2000 and 2003, and since then he's gone on through college, and now he's actually a cybersecurity manager at one of the largest aerospace and defense companies and he's going to be on the show one of these days sharing his experience and giving his own testimonial of BDPA and how it helped spark his interest in IT. You know, we also have, you know, stories from other students who I'd like to get on the show as well. Um, you know, there's another gentleman who comes to mind, DeCarlos Wilson, who's now at Cisco. And these are examples of the young professionals that I've personally seen, and their stories are still being written. So, I'm confident that they're just going to take things way beyond what we originally envisioned, but it's just amazing to see. And even on my own board as VP of Strategy in L.A., Mr. Kirk Williams, who's been a guest on the show in the past, he was actually an HSCC student in the 90s. So this is encouraging for me, not having been an HSCC student myself, but just seeing the stories constantly being just written and told, and I'm glad that we have a platform to get those stories out there. Mm-hmm. And, and we do have multiple platforms, I know, on the um, the ETF uh, website. You know, Wayne collects those stories, encourages the students to share the stories. Um, Perry with the BDPA today has shared some of those stories. The students are honored at the conferences and at local um, event. So it, it really is empowering. We can truly say to members and volunteers and sponsors that we are living our mission um, because we have those examples um, within our, our BDPA family and community. Absolutely. So when you... Now, now in the multiple roles that you play, and given that the students are moving and graduating from the youth programs, entering college, and being in the professional world, um, and have those testimonials, are the ways that BDPA is using to attract the students and retain the students have they changed over the years? Well, to that I'd say, you know, you always want to have a killer product. Right now I'd say one of the main killer products in BDPA across the nation would be our youth programs and services. So in L.A., uh, one of the ways that we're making sure that we invest in our foundation for our pipeline is just making sure that our core service of, you know, like HICC catering to the youth, and then as they matriculate into college and beyond, now we have services for them as well. So we've taken a strategic approach in L.A., you know, starting with HSCC, we average about 25 to 30 students each year. So that's about 25, 30 new members and renewing members every year. Yes, they're young members, but they're members of BDPA. Also, if we touch their parents, that's about one to two adjacent members 
for our local chapter. And you know, right now we're sitting on about maybe 25 additional student memberships and adult memberships waiting to be processed. So in LA, we're currently the eighth chapter, largest chapter in the nation, and I'm, I'm sure our ranks are going to go up shortly once we get those memberships processed. But what we also want to do, Fran, is we want to not just focus on youth and having our monthly program events. We want to make sure that we have services for the entire life cycle of our of our credo of you know from the classroom to the boardroom. So from the classroom, HSCC being a core service, we don't want to just stop there. We want to make sure that we have that we evolve our services. So going forward, you know, my board and I were making plans to offer additional services like. Um, HTML5 gaming. A lot of students want to write gaming apps. Um, we have a platform for doing so. We want to get some volunteers to help make that a reality. Also, in the cybersecurity realm, we have a partner in the LA area, FSS Tech, and they actually have a CompTIA, a CompTIA Security Plus certification, and that's open to adults and students alike. So that's an additional way that we're partnering with our community to put additional services out there. And for the other young man that I mentioned, Jarek Beeson, who's a cybersecurity professional, he actually has his certification in CISSP, which is the Certified Information System Security Professional. And he and I have been talking, and I'm excited by the possibility of offering something up in the cybersecurity realm for not only our students, but adults as well that are that are interested. And then also from the classroom to the board boardroom the, to the you know, we align ourselves in L.A. is saying that the interim part between classroom and boardroom would equate to college. So current services would be, you know, steering college students who graduated from our high school program into the IT showcase at the national competition, and more importantly, making sure that internships are lined up for these students, you know, each summer that they're qualified so that they don't have to worry about will they find a summer job or not. You know, we want to make sure that the service we provide to them is that we have positions lined up and ready to go for them, and all they have to do is apply, and chances are that they're shoe-ins for those positions. And then also for the boardroom, additional things we want to get better about is we, we have our monthly events, but we want to, we want to take it a little, a little further BDPA LA, we participate with the NAACP each year in career fairs. So we participated in two career fairs in 2011. And one of the things that we've seen is that a lot of people just simply don't have the skills for the IT and future tech jobs of today and tomorrow. So if you were to just simply look at services like Dice.com, you know, there's no shortage of opportunities, but Skill, the skilled labor force to fill those opportunities is kind of lacking. And we want to provide a service to our community by making sure that we help develop the skills to meet that tech need. So in addition to offering services to our students, like in cybersecurity and web application and mobile development, we want to extend those services to adults as well by having maybe not a classroom option but a virtual learning option so that's something that we're, you know, we're discussing and partnering with other organizations so we can actually provide that service. And then we have to measure all this stuff, too. We don't want to just say it. We want to make sure that our services are objectively of value and that it's just not even up for dispute, that when we look at our services at the end of the year, we can measure and say these services that we put out there were of quality and value, and you know, here's our metric that – that shows that we accomplish what we set out to do. Mm-hmm. Now, these initiatives, you're piloting them in L.A., and then as they get measured, they're being distributed nationwide, or you are one of several chapters that are looking at um, innovative programming around mobile development, HTML5 gaming, cybersecurity, strategic partnerships with other organizations like the NAACP, um, virtual learning. Sure. The way it's it's kind of worked out is it's been more of an organic 
evolution. So we we stay aligned pretty well with the BDPA New York chapter, which won chapter of the year last year, and you know we're just amazed and impressed in L.A. by all the great work that they've done. So we look to them as a model chapter, and we've been in contact with you know with their board and their leadership, and. For other chapters that are interested in, you know, some of the other activities that we'd like to pursue, we just put it out there. We just, you know, if you for those who are listening to the conversation, you know, if you haven't been to the BDPA Facebook group, you know, be sure you check that out. A lot of times we we just simply post if is there an interest in this service or this idea, and the community lets us know whether or not it has any legs. So we just kind of. Put it out there, and for those who are interested, you know, they just join with us or we join with them, and we grow from there. Great. So the invitation for listeners, whether you're a member or a designated chapter leader, is to follow BDPA online, whether it's, you know, checking out the website, checking out Facebook, checking out uh, LinkedIn, and connecting with, in this case, your chapter, the New York chapter, or other chapters that are doing things of interest, and, and starting that dialogue so that information gets shared and um, you know, you have a, members have a chance to experience what's working. Exactly. That's our town square. So the website is a great repository for information, but if you just want to jump both feet into the dialogue, go to Facebook, type BDPA, and join the discussion. Excellent. So, John, given that your chapter is piloting some of these topics, will people be able to get an update seven months from now at the national conference in some form or another? Sure. The initial status will probably take place um, in conversations amongst presidents and also in our, you know, maybe our HSC, our high school computer competition discussions. And what may come out of that would be a call for additional leaders and volunteers to further develop the service. So we're going to try some of these things out, and if they work, you know, we're going to take those lessons learned and and share. And for those that don't work, you know, we're going to also take those lessons learned and see what we could have done better or, you know, is it a service that we shouldn't even consider offering at this time. Okay, okay. So really BDPA as an organization is in a lot of ways a learning lab. Um fueled by volunteers' energy and interest, um, looking at what makes sense for the members. And I love that phrase that you use. Um, You're really sensitive and responsive to the life cycle of the BDPA members, from the classroom to the boardroom. So you're looking at what can we provide that's of interest and value to high school students, to college students, when students are in between those two environments during the summer, and then connecting, recognizing that high school students are connected to parents, that parents and uh, folks in between positions may have um, learning needs, and so you're, you're looking to be responsive to people on a lot of different levels, which is really very, very exciting. Right, and the way you just summarized it, Fran, was excellent. You know, we just really want to make sure that we don't cheat ourselves with our pipeline. I mean, if we ignore our youth, if we ignore our youth if as they move into college, then, you know, the whole pipeline itself falls apart. So we want to make sure that at every step of the way from the onset that it's it's solid and that at any point in time if you were to pulse or survey our student to college to senior and young professional members, they would be able to say, you know, BDPA is of value because of these services that I received throughout, you know, my maybe five or seven or ten plus years in the organization so that they have that history behind them as well. 
Mm, yeah, EDPA is living history. Well, you know, John, it's been a pleasure to listen to you share. I hear the energy and enthusiasm, and I was making a note You, when you opened, you talked about passion, peers, and the pivotal role um, that you have the pleasure and the opportunity of uh, sharing and serving in the various roles that you have within BDPA. And I really appreciate you taking some time out of your day. Um, Again, I know that you have a family. I know that you have a job. I know that you have responsibilities within BDPA. And it's it's really an honor that um, you're sharing your expertise with the BDPA listening community. So as we wrap up for tonight, what's, uh, what's a final thought that you'd like to leave our listeners with as they... Uh, close out their Valentine's Day and maybe look into the not-so-distant future of joining the BDPA family at the National Conference in August? Sure. So my main takeaway would be to encourage all of our listeners and members and well-wishers to strive to have talent to spare. And that's, you know, just having so much talent and ability, you couldn't keep it all to yourself if you tried. So if you're not actively involved in your local chapter, con- you know, please contact your local chapter to share your talents. And if you don't have a local chapter in your area, please contact the national board. They'll be happy to leverage your talents and put them to good use. And if you're one of the people who don't consider yourselves to have talent, then get active in your local chapter. Contact your national chapter to help develop those leadership talents. That is a wonderful segue. And with that, I am going to remind people that you can find BDPA on the web at www.bdpa.org and that as Keith identified at the top of the program, BDPA LinkedIn has over 3,000 members. So you can connect and link in to BDPA. John identified that BDPA has a presence on Facebook, so there's a lot of sharing. You don't have to start from scratch, and you can contribute to the discussion and be part of the dialogue. And Lorraine shared with us that BDPA is fiscally sound, um, fiscally responsible to members and sponsors, and that really, overall, BDPA is a great value. So I want to again thank our guests, Keith Warwick, Lorraine Stewart-David, and John Melanson for joining us tonight. And I'd like to thank our BDPA listening audience for supporting the BDPA Education and Technology Foundation. We look forward to you joining us in two weeks because BDPA iRadio airs the second and fourth Tuesday of every month from 8.30 to 9.30 Eastern Standard Time. Have a great evening and join us in two weeks. BDPA iRadio showcases IT entrepreneurs, technology experts, computer science academics, and people with a passion for educating our young people in science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. BDPA iRadio show serves the BDPA members, sponsors, entrepreneurs, educational institutions, and the black community. BDPA iRadio links business, education, and technology 